It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes! Welcome on in the Locked On Auburn. Zach Blackerby here with you. Very, very special guest today, joined by... One of the biggest deals in sports radio, I think. Chris Gordy, the host of Locked On SEC. People know him. How you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on, Zach? Good to uh, catch up with you, man. It's uh, it's funny. This this week, like SEC basketball is winding down, SEC baseball starting up and all this. And yet I found myself doing multiple podcasts this week looking ahead to the football season because it's like, I, I don't know, I guess it just feels like SEC football is 365. We, we, we don't have an offseason anymore, put it that way. Uh, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I think it definitely makes our job a lot easier. But I, I listen to the vast majority of your shows, and uh, you're not very high on Bo Nix. And <laughs> half of the Auburn fan base is not high on Bo Nix either. Um, where, where did you end up having him in your quarterbacks listing? I know you ranked all 14 this week. Where, do you, where did you end up having... Um, Bo Nix, because I, I, I know like the first 30 minutes of the show was you talking about JT Daniels. So, <laughs> yeah, basically, I mean, I, I, like to put it honestly, like I, I, I am like I put him in the last category and the last category was having to compete for the starting spot. Yeah. And I have him in that category with like, you know, Harrison Bailey at Tennessee and, you know, those kind of guys. And every, and a lot of people were like, you know, come on, this is Bo's job. But I'm going by what I've heard from multiple friends in the Houston area who told me what what the real deal is on Demetrius Davis and basically said, this kid's going to start. I heard that from multiple friends who cover him uh, you know, on a weekly basis. And so when I heard that, maybe it's not so much an indictment on Bo, but maybe more positively on how good Demetrius Davis is going to be. And so, you know, I, I don't know how this all adjusts, you know, does he fit Brian Harson and Mike Bobo's scheme better than Bo? I, I I don't know any of that because I don't know what Brian Harson's planning to do. I don't know what those conversations have been like. But yeah. uh, from what a buddy of mine told me, had Gus still been here, that it would have you know it was going to be Demetrius Davis as a starter. So and, and that's amazing uh, to think of. You know, Barrett Sally, you know, the national uh, college sports guy, does stuff with Sirius and you know CBS and. And all that good stuff. He came on one of our um, one of our Auburn Network shows, The Drive on ESPN 106.7 over here. And he was like, hey, I'm making a prediction that Bo Nix will not be the starter at Auburn next year. And I was uh, I was in the line ordering you know, dinner for my family listing. I'm just like, wait, what? And, you know, I had seen some stuff like that on, you know, Twitter and message boards and all. But, I mean... Barrett Salih's a pretty big name, and so I, I, I thought that was really interesting. And then I did a show the following day kind of breaking down his hot take and kind of why I, I don't think that that's actually a thing. I think Bo Nix will be the starter for Auburn next year, but it drew a lot of conversation, drew a lot of criticism, made some people mad. But what what what's the argument for D. Davis, Chris? What are you hearing? I mean, is, is it just because this guy is some kind of transcendent-level talent? Is it... um? Is it a Bo Nix thing? I mean, what is it? 
Well, and, and honestly, like I haven't seen enough of Demetrius Davis, so I, I can't vouch for him that, sure. okay, this kid's going to be the real deal. I'm only going by what people have told me. But as far as Bo goes, like, let's, let's look back. So he was the SEC freshman of the year two, two seasons ago. Sure. And, and I thought that was debatable. Like Derek Stingley Jr. had had a really good year at LSU. Everybody was, you know, he was making like consensus All-American lists, but he wasn't the SEC freshman of the year. That's, you know, it was like really mind boggling. But uh, like I thought, I thought Stingley could have gotten it. They gave it to Bo. Okay, fine. But I think the timing of the Iron Bowl win was very. Um, yeah, that, I, that I think helped. it played a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but like when you look at his numbers, it wasn't like eye popping. It was it was good. It was good numbers, but. When you go back and look at year number two, the year that, you know, okay, sophomore year, he's supposed to take that leap forward. Let's see, see him take that next step forward. And the numbers were all very similar. He right. threw for 100, 100 yards less, four less touchdowns, one more interception, rushing stats very similar, 300 yards rushing, seven rushing touchdowns. So I, I don't know. Like, I just. Two less games, to, to be fair. It, that's true. That's true. But. I just felt like the the light was going to click on in year two, and I think if you're an Auburn fan, you'd struggle to say, yeah, we absolutely saw Bo take that next step in year two. So right. I think that's where we kind of are with it is, what is year three for Bo Nix? Does he take a next step forward, or is it more of the same? Because it's more of the same, I think a lot of Auburn fans are going, look, you know, Harson maybe gets a pass in year one, but let's start building for the future. If Davis is the guy... Let's let him go through his growing pains here and let's move on. Let's turn the page instead of going through another year of ups and downs with Bo. Right. And, and that's an interesting conversation because D. Davis, when you look at every quarterback Harson has had, none of them are as mobile and as electric as a guy like D. Davis. So they're all similar to Bo Nix or, or Jarrett Stidham or Sean White would have been like the perfect uh, the, the perfect Brian Harson quarterback. It's like they can move a little bit, but for the most part, they're guys that are comfortable in the pocket and they want to get the ball out quickly. And I think Bo Nix could really operate well in this kind of scheme. The big question is, Chris, and I'd love your thoughts on this, but it's like how how broken is Bo Nix? Because I, it's not a talent thing, and I really don't think this is a between-the-years thing. I think he's a smart football player. I think he understands SEC defenses and the, you know, the, the scheme that Gus Malzahn's offense brought to the table, whether you, know, you can argue how complex was it or you know, all that. But it's, his form is just atrocious, and his techniques are just so bad. But every now and then you'd see him like falling backwards, even though there's no pressure around him whatsoever, but just jumping backwards, throwing off of his back foot. And then the ball goes 40 yards on an absolute dime. And it's like, goodness gracious, this guy's arm talent is ridiculous. If he just, I mean, imagine if he stepped into that throw, how great it would be and how quick the ball would have gotten there. And it's just like, okay, from an arm talent standpoint, it's like, this guy is awesome. This guy's great. And I, I, and I think he's perfectly, you know, I, I think he's fine as far as athleticism goes, but his form and his tendencies are just, right now they're broken. And the big question is, is like, all right, Harson, he's got a good track record with making quarterbacks better, but how far gone is Bo Nix mechanically? That's a big concern for Auburn fans right now. Yeah, no, I, I think you make a lot of good points there. All, all two reasons why. He's not, you know, if he's going to come in and, and be the guy, like he's going to have to earn his spot, put it that way. I would absolutely make it an, an open competition all throughout spring and the summer. But, uh, you know, I, we 
I know you talked to Eli Stove a couple weeks ago when he's sure. preparing for the the showcase for for um, you know scouts and that sort of thing, and I, I caught up with him as well. And one thing he he told me about Bo, he said that Bo he thinks took a step forward in maturity this year and thinks he's going to be even more mature next year. And I don't know what that means in terms of, you know, was he just this freshman jokester behind closed doors, didn't take things seriously, but balled out enough to lead the team. I don't know what all that means, but again, this is a guy who has no reason to BS you. I mean, Eli Stove is moving on to the next level. He has no reason to sell you on Bo Nix, but he pointed out Bo's maturity. He thinks that he's going to take that next step next year. So um, again, new coaching staff, new scheme, new everything affords the opportunity to not make things awkward and just, you know, where he would just assume he's going to be the starting quarterback. But, you know, on, on the flip side, if he's not the starter next year and it is, they do roll with Davis, is Bo prepared to be a backup and keep his head down? Or is he going to do like basically 90% of the guys out there and immediately run for the transfer portal and oh, I'm going to go start uh, uh, He, he goes to Orlando if that happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that would absolutely be the move. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you know, Gus would not be able to contain himself. He'd be so excited for sweet Bo Nix to to you know join forces with him once again. I, I don't think there's any question about it. But all in all, I, I think he's gonna be the starter. And then and honestly, Chris, I think he's gonna do fine next year. I, I don't think he's gonna be great, but I think he's gonna be better because the system that Bobo and Harson have it's um I think it's quarterback friendly. Now the question is he doesn't have weapons around him like he did last year. The weapons get dramatically worse on paper. Now, from a talent standpoint, I think the guys that will get the opportunity, you know, we saw glimpses of Zevion Capers and and Kobe Hudson. He's such a natural wide receiver. Uh, and guys like that, uh, you know, you, you saw Elijah Canyon pop in the bowl game against Northwestern. It's like, okay, those guys have talent, you know, really, really talented freshman guys, but very young, very young. And the oldest guy in the receiving room next year, I believe, will be Shedrick Jackson, you know, the the, the nephew of Bo Jackson, but he's just kind of known for blocking, and that's it. So it's going to be more than Bo. It's going to take other pieces. And, you know, what's the offensive line do? You know, I, I think some folks expected for uh, Harson to bring in more grad transfers and things like that on the offensive line. He's got time to do all of that, but it's going to be very, very interesting to see. Chris, in just a moment, I want to ask you your thoughts about some of uh, Auburn's games coming up. Uh, You're listening to a crossover, Locked on Auburn, Locked on SEC. We're back in a minute. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at rockauto.com. I want to take a quick minute to talk about their great service. I am not a car person, and I very rarely kind of know what's going on with a lot of things, but but definitely uh, with with auto parts and and all that. But uh, every now and then, my wife has something go wrong with her car, and I want to be the macho man. You know, I want to be the one that can uh, take care of things. And rockauto.com really bails me out a ton because I can, like, Google what's wrong and then find the part that I need. And then rockauto.com gives me the, the best prices around and gives me options. And it's, it's, I, I highly recommend it. I've used it multiple times, and, and I think what they do is fantastic. Head over to rockauto.com, and you can see all the parts that can help bail you out. <laughs> and all the parts that are available for your car, your truck, or your SUV. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles 
including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Gordy, I, I know you spent a lot of time talking about, you know, looking at some of the non-conference competition um, throughout uh, throughout the SEC next year, and, and rightfully so. I mean, the headliner, one of the biggest games in all of college football is between Georgia and Clemson, but this Auburn-Penn State game early in the season next year, I think that's pretty interesting. It, it's a great gauge to see where both programs are at because you could you could almost say that they parallel each other with two programs that – um, you know, have kind of underachieved these past couple seasons. I, I think Penn State maybe even more so because of, you know, what they brought back last year and James Franklin very well respected. And, you know, I think some people were saying, uh, you know, that they might start eyeing the door for James Franklin if he doesn't turn this thing around soon. So, you know, I'll be interested, interested to see what kind of team Penn State has next year. But, man, you talk about, like, the timing of it for Auburn. Like, you get Akron and you get Alabama State. Okay, you get – Two cupcakes to basically, right. you know, two weeks to game plan for Penn State is is what it turns into. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much can Harson install offensively, defensively, all that. I think Auburn's going to be in great shape to to prepare for that game. And I haven't looked at Penn State's schedule yet, but I'm I'm curious to see who they play before and after. And you know, is it a game where they look at it and say, look, uh, you know, our our focus might be elsewhere, whereas. You know, Auburn, you come back at the week after that and you play Georgia State before you take a road trip to LSU. So the Penn State, to me, is, is basically a dress rehearsal for SEC play. And, you know, a, as you know, it's been a long time since Auburn has won in Death Valley. So, yeah. you know, again, it's it's a nice test for a, a team with a lot of young pieces to go up to Penn State, make that road trip and kind of gauge where you're at. But, man, I, I just – I would love to see them – fix that offensive line, get that going, and man, really unleash Tank Bigsby next year. Because I feel like we still have only seen a, a scratch on the surface of what that guy can be uh, as Ooh. a full-time starter in the SEC. Yeah, he's special. He's special. The sky's the limit for him. There's no doubt about it. You mentioned that LSU game, Gordy, and I think I made the argument when the schedule came out that the timing benefited Auburn. Would you agree with that? And my case was kind of, okay, there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's going to take time for LSU to kind of get the, you know, kind of get the ball rolling. And I guess you can make the same with Auburn because there's going to be a lot of turnover uh, for, for both teams. But I made the case that earlier the better for when they go to uh, to Death Valley. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it LSU, may not matter, but, you know, last yeah, half full, we're, right? We're, where it falls for LSU, it's it's in between two road trips, one at, one at Mississippi State and one at Kentucky. But obviously, look, I think it is it is in Auburn's, you know, e- even though it's different guys who haven't been there many times, like I think it's in their head where they, you hear this stat every week where it's, you know, it's been forever since Auburn has won in Death Valley. And so, right. you know, I feel, like, I feel like that plays a part. And then, you know, look, the revenge factor. Auburn absolutely embarrassed LSU this past year. What was sure. it, 48-11 or whatever it was? So, yeah. um, you know, it's going to be a little bit of the payback factor. I think LSU, look, if if they bring Miles Brennan back and he's the starter, that guy was throwing for like 400 yards a game before he got hurt. You know, he was answering the question of, oh, can he replace Joe Burrow? He absolutely answered that question. 
the problem was LSU had its worst defense it's had in, in basically forever. Right. So if they can get that defense fixed, I think LSU is going to be in a really good spot. And I, I might even venture to say they'll be a step ahead of Auburn at that at that point in the season. But again, I like how the schedule sets up for Auburn with having three of your first four against very winnable opponents. And you know, let's say they do go into Penn State and find a way to win that game, they're going to be feeling really good about themselves at you know four and zero going into to Death Valley. So maybe you go with a different mindset. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting how the timing works for both teams on that October second game. Yeah, and I mean every other year, whenever Auburn goes to LSU, that's that's every question that Gus gets and all these players and like it's getting it's gotten to the point where like the players weren't alive <laughs> like the last time that happened, you know, <laughs> and it's just like okay, like that's ridiculous when you really really think about it. But and you know, Gus would kind of talk about it and give them quotes and give them a storyline and all of that, but. Harson is just so not a storyline dude. Like he just genuinely does not care about that kind of stuff. He is very much a, a one game at a time kind of coach. And I think that's going to benefit Auburn in situations like that and situations like the rivalry with Georgia and, and Alabama. And of course the one with LSU and the growing one with AM. I think when you look at the individual weeks and like he's just not gonna put up with the storyline stuff. Like he may flat out say, like, I don't care. I don't care that yeah. <laughs> I don't care. It's like I, I've been here for like, you know, six months. Like I I don't care what happened, you know, the last two decades or you know, whatever it is. And so well, it, I think it's gonna be helpful. Imagine the storyline if if he's able to go into Death Valley and beat LSU. I think the last time they won there, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I always see the pictures. I think it's Cole Kublik smoking the cigar. It is, the yeah. Like, I think I think that's the last time they won. But like if Brian Harson can find a way to beat LSU, the next week you come home for Georgia, he loses that game. I think most fans are like, ah, who cares? We're five and one. We beat LSU. We're we're good. We're still good here. So, but you know, imagine the flip side. Let's say they lose at Penn State, then they lose at LSU, then you lose at home at Georgia. Suddenly you're three and three, and yeah, and maybe some fans are wondering, eh, is was this the right hire? It's a crossover episode, Locked on Auburn, Locked on SEC. We continue this conversation next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football's over, but basketball is not. Hockey's not. Baseball's about to get going with the pros. And uh, Bet Online even covers award shows and reality TV, all kinds of stuff. And Really, I mean, the, the folks in the Lockdown Auburn Discord, the gambling or the sports betting uh, channel, you guys are on fire right now. BetOnline.ag is uh, the place to be with you guys. And if you want tips and all that, maybe head there. I, I, I can't help you, but those guys can in the Lockdown Auburn Discord. Head over to BetOnline.ag right now. You can use your mobile device. You can use your computer. doesn't matter. BetOnline.ag. And sign up today and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll receive 50% uh, 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Chris, you mentioned some of the tough opponents that Auburn 
plays next year, and they play them every year, but you, you, know, you lump Penn State into that, LSU, A&M, Georgia, Alabama, and it's like, all right, you know, let, let's say those are the toughest, uh, I think I named five teams right there. What's a realistic record Auburn can go against those five teams? Gosh, man. I, I mean, the three cupcakes back helps, right? I mean, it was, yeah. we're, we became so accustomed to the all-SEC schedule and how brutal that was for everybody last right. year. But, you know, I, I, I think on, an, on a normal year, like, you know, for most people, I think eight and four is typically – you know, the, that teetering line of, okay, we're, we're not terrible. We're not great, but we're, we're in a good spot. I always think that that's a good barometer for a, you know, first year head coach in, in the SEC. If you win eight games, that's really good. Right. So, you know, it means you're going to go to one of those middling bowl games in Florida. So, um, yeah, I'd say eight. I mean, you know, road trips at LSU, road trip at AM. Uh, Arkansas is just, they're having to rebuild a lot. I would say Auburn, that's a game Auburn should win. You know, they'll probably lose the game at home against Georgia. But I think, you know, Ole Miss is going to be loaded next year. If they make any improvements on on the defense, I think Lane's going to pull off some upsets next year and some teams that maybe we think they're not supposed to win because Matt Corral is just a, a monster. I mean, he's going to throw for like 400 yards a game. But, you know, I, I, I'd put the Ole Miss game as a toss-up. We'll see what Leach and his offense looks like at Mississippi State. But, you know, maybe that one could be a toss-up. I think – you should win on the road at South Carolina. And then, of course, to Alabama. I, we have no idea what Alabama's going to look like next year. Bryce Young could be really good. He could be really, you know, show some growing pains. So, I got a feeling he's going to look uh, fine. Yeah, <laughs> I, we'll see. Feeling. I mean, again, we, I, we this happens every couple of years with, with Alabama. But let's not forget, I mean, just two years ago, they lost, lost to LSU, lost to Alabama. And, you know, I know Tua had the injuries, but Mac Jones didn't look too bad filling in. So... Um, you never know, but yeah, I'd say eight win. if they go eight and four, I think a lot of people are saying, all right, we, we feel good about the path that Brian Harson is on, but it's like, I always say with anything, Zach, what's the record look like, you know, were the four losses blowout losses that you were never in the game or were they last second? Oh man, we lost on a field goal sure. against Georgia at home. Okay. I could stomach that a little bit more than losing 38 to 10, you know? So, um, it's like anything, but I think I think eight wins is is probably the over under for Auburn fans this year. Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking the same thing. But you know, as far as the the two games that Auburn fans care the most about, Georgia and Alabama, they're both at home, so that's definitely going to help. But I think Georgia is a better team than they were last year. Alabama's probably not going to be as good as they were last year, but they're still going to be pretty good. the The point differential last year between in, in those two games was a big reason and maybe the reason why Gus Malzahn lost his job. What do you think an outing, a successful outing that doesn't result in a win looks like for Brian Harson? And that may not be a thing. And a lot of Auburn folks are probably listening and be like, well, if you lose to Georgia and Alabama, it doesn't matter. It's, it's it, you're unsuccessful, but you know, just, I'm just being realistic here. Like what, yeah. you know, what should Auburn fans look at as far as what he does against Kirby smart in Georgia, Nick Saban in Alabama. I think, you know, what's what's the strength of both those teams, Kirby at Georgia and Saban at Alabama? It's the defense. And so if you're going to lose those games, if you're Auburn, you want to see Harson being the offensive guy coming in, you know, with, you know, with Mike Bobo, like you want to see them score a lot of points, right? So you lose a shootout 41-35 or something like that, then I think that's one 
you could stomach. I'm sure maybe people will be angry with Derek Mason at that point if if the defense is, is giving up a, a, a crap ton of points. But you know what I mean? Like you, at least if you're able to score points and move the ball on on Bama and Georgia, you can look at it and go, all right, at least we're we're not far off. Yeah, we're, we're we lost those games, but we're close. And Harson's building something here. But I think that's the key. If the the offense looks like trash against Georgia and Alabama, then you it's going to feel like the divide is still very much there. Chris, I know you uh, you open your show up often with kind of looking around headlines throughout the. Uh, the SEC, and you, you've gotten into a little baseball action, and I've got to mention this. We're recording this on uh, on Wednesday night, shortly after Auburn got done on the, uh, you know, at, at Plainsman Park. Did you see the final? I know you've been traveling uh, this evening. Did you see the final for Auburn's baseball game? I did. I saw the fourteen run fourth inning, and then I, I I happened to glance on Twitter and saw it was thirty three to nothing. At what point does the opposing team? Say, hey, look, we're we're good. Let's just play seven innings and call it a night. You know, goodness gracious, thirty three to nothing. Like, even for like an Auburn standpoint, like you gotta want to go home at some point. <laughs> thirty three to nothing. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and look, I I, I like this Auburn team. I think like it. The, the SEC this season is absolutely insane. If you're just like a casual. SEC baseball fan and you don't really get into it that much. I encourage you. I mean, like now is the better best time as any, because you've got so many different ways. I mean, like the SEC network and ESPN three, like they're yeah. carrying almost every game. Like I encourage you, man, if you're sitting around the couch and even if it's a night, Auburn's not playing, like pull up any of these other teams, Florida, Ole Miss, Mississippi state, LSU. I mean, the conference is absolutely loaded with some great teams and loaded with talent. I mean, guys who were supposed to, to go pro this past year because the MLB draft got got knocked down to only a couple of rounds. You got a lot of kids that ended up either coming back to school or high school kids that could have gone to the draft and ended up going to college. So, yeah, I encourage everybody. I mean, hop on the bandwagon, watch some SEC baseball this year because I, I think it's going to be an absolute dogfight all the way to Omaha. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. It's absolutely going to be fun. There's always that debate like, you know, kind of what would a college team look like against a minor league team? And I still think any minor league team would would smoke pretty much any college team. But this year it's closer. This year is a lot closer. Just with, I mean, you can make the argument that this SEC, you know, that this conference in twenty twenty one is the most talented conference to ever compete in college baseball ever. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And what we're seeing right now in in basketball is we're starting to see the teams beat up on one another and, and that's it's that parody of the sec where you go oh gosh here we go like yeah. these teams that are really good i mean we saw this past you know two nights ago lsu loses to georgia after they had won three in a row and looked like they were they were going to be on a tear so you know I, we'll probably honestly see that in in baseball this year somebody's going to get on a roll and then suddenly one of the lower teams is going to knock them off and take two out of three so um no it, it's gonna be a fun ride it's gonna be a fun season and Really, really going to be fun to see what Rankin Woolley does for Auburn because uh, that kid is really special and fun to watch. Yeah, every time he swings, he hits something. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> you got any thoughts on the Shreve Cooper deal? Him not playing? He's gone, right? Do you think he's going pro? Yeah, that's so weird, man. I mean, this whole season has been weird for, for everybody. And, and look, we know the circumstances coming into the start of the season of what Auburn was going to be facing, but – if that's all we've seen out of him, that's disappointing because, yeah. you, you know, he was so electric, so fun to watch. And, 
you almost feel like you got cheated out of only seeing him in a handful of games, really. So um, it is what it is. Uh, you know, when it, it's funny, I, I experienced this a few years as an LSU fan uh, years ago when Ben Simmons was there and you know, ultimately kind of quit on the team near the end. They could have gone to, I think, the NIT and they said, no, nah, we're good. They missed the tournament. And it's funny when they introduce Ben Simmons in NBA games, you know, they say out of Louisiana State University and most LSU fans are like, do we claim him? Like, is he really an LSU guy? And so <laughs> I feel like Auburn fans are going to feel like that years from now. They're going to hear Cooper's name mentioned and go, I guess from out of Auburn. Yeah, sure. Maybe, you know, it's going to be kind of weird, but hey, he was special. At least the small sample size we saw him in. Gordy, I appreciate your time, man. This was fun. I'd like to do this more often if you're down. Absolutely, Zach. Always good to catch up with you, man. That is Chris Gordy. You can listen to Locked On SEC every single day wherever you get your podcasts. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. And on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. Former intern Jaws posted a video of Shreve Cooper singing um, Despacito. If you're interested in that, it's on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.